Tonight on Questionable History, we are covering the book The Wagered Widow by Patricia Varian. It was published in 1984. It has a rating of 4.17 out of 5 stars from about 300 ratings. So I'm just going to read you a brief synopsis. It's from the back of the paperback edition. And it says, He insisted on treating her like a trollop, and Rebecca Parrish, a most respectable young widow, found him utterly odious. What right had the supercilious rake, Trevelyn de Villers, to incessantly force his attentions on her? Rebecca far preferred Trevelyn's charming friend, the noble Sir Peter Ward. Indeed, her dreams of handsome Sir Peter aimed straight for the altar. What Rebecca soon discovered duly horrified her, for her dear Sir Peter and the contemptible Trevelyan had formalized a bet that Trevelyan could seduce the very proper widow within a month's time. Still, Trevelyan's attentions grew ever more passionate, and Rebecca found, to her horror, that she thrilled to his touch. As her heart strove to resist this irresistible cad, she suddenly saw what he really was, a libertine no more, now at last and forever in love. So just to give you an idea of the timeline of the book, it's mostly set in London or like a country estate fairly close to London, I'd say within a few hours, um, in the year 1746. We were discussing before we started recording, like at the beginning of the book, within the first, you know, week or less of this this narrative she meets them almost coincidentally through her brother like they're out on the street she's with her brother snowden or snow as he's called and they're chatting and then he calls over his friends or they stop to say hello or whatever and so she's met these guys the same day she's known them the same length of time and as you go through the book i always find it interesting that she doesn't really get to know them very well at all as people just no. what she imagines them to be kind of i mean you know? she does in the sense of she starts paying attention to their actions rather yeah. than rumor. Because I think what, whether it was intentional or not, what Patricia Varian did well in her books was really letting you see that everyone's character was defined by society. So yeah. how she bases who's good, who's bad, who she should right. be with, who she should marry is really based on what society says about that person, not on the actual person yeah. themselves. Which is probably why. So Amy and I were chuckling. We were looking at the cover that's listed in the Libby app. And it's like a sketch. And it shows this fancy Georgian lady. And behind her there's two men wearing, holding up like dramatic masks. Like you might would see for the drama department, right? And one's kind of smiling and the other has more of a, they're both smiling. But one's almost like a wicked smile of sorts, right? And I'm like, that's a little bit freaky looking at <laughs> yeah. it. But I wonder if it's a little bit of that parallel for that idea that, like, the mask we present to the world or that people think they know us, but behind it there's someone totally different. And I think that's kind of a theme to this yes. book in specific, especially with Trev. Like, yes. who is he really? Because yes. he is a tease and a flirt. And he does raise her hackles on purpose yes. in this book. But it's it's as you go through it, it's kind of fun to watch who he really is and learn more about him. Because... Remember her son. So uh, Rebecca is a widow. She had been married for about six or seven years. I want to say seven-ish because she has a six-year-old son. Anthony is his name. And so there's a point where Anthony starts to get to know Trev. And he says something about, I like him. His eyes say different than his words or something like that. And so I think there's that mouth of babes sort of thing. Yes. Of like, hey, there's something more about this. And 
it's important because it starts Rebecca thinking. Yes. Maybe there is more to this guy, you know? Yeah, because if, if you as the reader, if you've been paying attention, you see these come out. You know, in, at least I knew intuitively that the nice man he met in the park was Trev. I knew that because... Oh, how funny. It didn't occur to me until it was revealed. I was like, because Sir Peter's not going to be like that. And so I'm like, well, it's got to it's got to come up to be someone we've met. Otherwise, right. why introduce that the son has this friend who showed him how to sell boats yeah. on the water? And that's how Trev is. Trev is, to the out, extrovertly, he's showing everyone, hey, I'm a debonair. I care for nothing. And he's purposefully created this character um, because of some trauma in his past to be, I'm a womanizer. I have no money. To keep distance. To keep a distance. He doesn't want fortune hunter women coming after him, which Rebecca is a self-proclaimed fortune hunter. She needs that cash. Her husband had a gambling problem. Left her completely destitute. It led to an argument over a bet of some sort, and he died in a duel. Yeah. So she's got a couple of things. She needs some dollars. Yes. And she does not like duels because her husband got murdered. In one. And she can't rely on her family because her brother Snow is actually not that much better than Trev right? in the sense that he's living, living by like the a, seat of his pants. a modest inheritance. The older brother is who, like studying in Europe. Yeah, he's on the Grand Tour. Or I something. Think said, yeah. yeah. So really, she's like, I'm on my own. I got to figure this out. And you don't blame her. I mean, what else is she going to do? She can't go get a job. Right. Oh, yeah. And Snow was like... It's no big deal, little sis. Just, like, shove the bills in the drawer. Yeah, he's literally like, like, who pays the servants? Nobody they pays expect them. I think yeah. there's a line where he's like, uh, they do it because they love it. You don't right? need to pay the servants. And I had a moment of, like, hold up. Right. Oh, here it is. So she, I think Rebecca's actually saying this maybe to Snow, like, oh, you're right. Um, because she says, they are so loyal, bless them, despite the fact I've not been able to pay them in weeks. And I'm like, I, I don't think that's true. I honestly think who would stick around at a job that you are not getting paid for? Unless the economy was so bad that there were no other jobs, you think you'd be going to other manor houses. The only other aspect that maybe is if that's your room and board, though. You have a safe Uh, place to live. You have food on the table. But you don't think you'd still be kind of like... I think they'd have the ear out to the your options. Yeah. Because, you know, so-and-so Sally you used yeah, to work with, she's over at, you know, Bosworth's house, well, and, and they're paying well. more likely to buy that, like, I can't remember her name, Falk or something, like the housekeeper type lady. Sure. Or when you hear it's, like, the nanny that if raised her like, from a baby or well, something. Well, like, the cook housekeeper, my thought is, oh, I, I'm I'm a little bit of ruler of this domain. Oh, that's right? true. Right? Like, I'm yeah. queen of this so house it would be a little hard. bit. Those jobs would be harder to yeah, find somewhere else. But a scullery maid? No, they're a dime a dozen. You need, like, they... Houses, I would think, would always be hiring. You're right. You'd for those types of jobs. You'd at least be like, I'm, I'm putting feelers out. Yeah. Just in so case. So that was a little bit of a stretch to me. Like, it should yeah. have been like, we have a bare the thin staff. The servant thing is a little bit tired. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because, come on. Let's be honest. Nobody was doing it because they found so much enjoyment in their job that they didn't care about not getting paid. Seriously. Um, but I do see it if it was the risk of, what if I leave this and it gets yeah. better and then I have to take some other worse job right. somewhere else just to get money. Yeah. But you, I would have thought they would have, the comment would have been, we're bare thin with our servants. I, I have two servants right. to help me in the house. You know, and me, I roll because I have zero servants to help in my house. Right. So it's like, yeah, you know, but you have a house, there's wants girl. and needs, lady. You there's wants and needs. Yeah. Yeah. And fancy new dresses. But anyway, in her mind, how she was raised in her time period, yeah. it was so important that she get married and marry someone with wealth and who's respectable, like Beth was saying, because she doesn't want any duels. She doesn't want her husband again. And she, she needs, wants someone who respects her and treats her well. Yeah. And she needs the status and protection for her son. She yes. wants him to go oh, right. to the school. To go to the best schools and, and, and a good example because he had 
a lackadaisical dad. Yeah. Before. So do you want to kind of talk a little bit about uh, the characters? We've already a little talked bit, a little yeah. bit. So Rebecca is our heroine, of course. She is very small or petite, maybe. Yes. So that's the joke. The description. The little parish. She has dainty little feet and shapely ankles. So we can tell we are back in the 80s because the main woman must be small and dainty to be considered uh-huh. the epitome of beauty. Rant so that's over. our Rebecca. We talked about <laughs> Anthony. He's just cute, comic relief a little bit, six-year-old boy. Yeah. Okay. We talked about travel. But, oh, the, one of the other main characters we haven't mentioned is um, Aunt Albinia. So she's kind of taken on the role of companion, living with Rebecca, probably near the end of her marriage and stuff, too. Probably for a while. I got the impression it wasn't just on widowhood. But she herself is a widow. And there's a fun little side story where she has an admirer, Mr. Melton. Yeah, that's He doesn't play a hugely significant role, but it's just cute because he's Sweet real shy. Mother. And so he like likes to stand next to her and talk to her a little bit, but he's embarrassed to ever ask her to go out for a drive or whatever. So that was really fun. That was a cute. Yeah, and they do end up having a little romance. Yeah, so. which I always like the little side romances. And I also kind of love when an older person has a romance as well. Yeah. It's fun to just remind ourselves that love exists throughout their sure. ages and not just when we're 20-something and 30-something. Exactly. Yeah. As they always have a 20-something <laughs> Female and a thirty-something male, but whatever. Yeah. At least Rebecca being, they do. At least Rebecca being older because she's a widow. That's I think true. we finally she's like got like a mid seven or something. Oh yeah, maybe I, I was going to say at least mid twenties. She was at least Probably in her mid twenties. Yeah, because I don't think she would have gotten married younger than eighteen, nineteen, no. and she has a six-year-old. So yeah. So then to round out Rebecca's family, we talked a little bit about Snowden or Snow. Yes. Um, he's a little bit of a ne'er-do-well, but he's, he's a good-hearted person. Yeah. Likes to help his sister and stuff. Yeah. He's, he's flighty. He's not yeah. cruel, but he's yeah. He's obviously self-absorbed in the sense his needs and wants are going to come first. Yeah. But he does care. You feel like he generally cares about the well-being yeah. of his sister. And he's like young and single. Yeah. So he doesn't have he's a lot living of responsibilities. Up his life. And then Jonathan, Johnny is the oldest? He's the oldest. Okay. And, and so we don't know much well, about him. That would be late him. for him to be on a grand tour then, it wouldn't would it? That's be. why I thought he was like studying over there. He is leading someone through his grand tour. That That's makes more happening. sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's basically the, the booth. Uh, family. Parish family. Yes. Yeah. So Trevor de Villes is our hero. He's sardonic. Um, he doesn't take himself or others seriously. He's kind of like always with a joke, um, but in a not an obnoxious way, like just that dry wit. Yeah, and it can be sort of deprecating, but it's it's never meant to be truly hurtful. He's just honest. Because so he's also self-deprecating. Yeah. Like, he'll do himself I feel like he'll hold others. a mirror up a little yeah. bit to be like, we should be able to laugh at ourselves yes. and be honest about who we are. Yes. Well, and I think that that's why the the hate relationship, why they have such a bad clash in the beginning, is because he very early on calls Rebecca on her mercenary yeah, fortune. Yeah, he sees right through any pretense. He's like, I see you for who you are. And he still and admires he's okay her. with it. Yeah. yeah. He's like, that's fine, but own up you to it you. and admit mm-hmm. it kind of thing. So I actually really liked him because he was very honest. He's cynical about love, women, marriage, because, again, he had some trauma in his past, um, a bad experience with a woman. And so he's just convinced that all women are fortune hunters. And so, yeah. again, affectionately, he calls her a fortune hunter and mercenary and he embraces it and accepts that. Yeah. He just wants her to have a little fun with him before she goes off to marry the staid Peter. So when Trev was young, when he was like 18 or 19, so pretty young yeah. in this, in this setting, yeah. um, he fancied himself to be in love with a neighbor girl. 
who was also, again, 18 or something like that. And she had told him how her parents were wanting to force her to marry a wealthy sit. Or so, like, someone whose family's in business. Scandalous, right? Like, okay. <laughs> dirty, dirty money. Right? Uh, and she's like, they're forcing me. Oh, boo-hoo. And so he's chivalrous. And he's like, I'll rescue you. I'll marry you instead. And then they can't argue. We'll go to Gretna Green and whatever. And so along the route, they get easily overtaken by her dad and this wealthy sit guy, right? And so I believe it implied that Trev got beat up. Or wounded. Like In they some almost way, might have dueled. There was a fight was, with the sit or the Like he's seriously injured. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. yeah. And so basically she's in disgrace. She gets taken home. She gets married off to this wealthy guy. So the story that has been known but in the gossip by everyone is he tried to abduct and ruin this girl. He's such a cad. Blah, blah, blah. We're not going to shun him because he comes from a good family. But, like, don't maybe let your daughters near him or whatever. Like, that's so it's been promoted. But then what we find out at the end of the book is the truth. Um, And it's actually his uncle that shares the truth, I believe, with Rebecca. Yeah. Because he also put about that his uncle disowned him. He has no money. He lives by this, by his charm alone. Yeah, like his uncle cut him off because of the scandal that he brought to the family. Well, we find out through his uncle at the end that he never actually cut Trev off at all. That he, he let, adores Trev. He loves him. And he let him go forward with this rumor story because he understood that Trev was trying to protect himself. But basically, the girl, I think her name was Charlotte or something, doesn't really matter. But the girl that, that was involved in the scandal, it, she had had the hots for the yeah. sit guy. She wanted his money. She wanted the lifestyle it could bring. She knew her father would never go for it. So she con- concocted this plan to trick Trev into ruining her so then her dad would be like oh my gosh i'll be so grateful to marry you off to anybody right and so she gets her her wish right she goes and marries that guy oh right because the dad didn't want he did not want to that marry marriage at all yeah. he was like Hell so she no. basically manipulated this young everybody boy into it and yeah. didn't care that he didn't got seriously care. could have died he could have died yeah from the from injuries the someone said like um I almost wish that she was unhappy or whatever, but I'm pretty sure no. she's living her best life. Right? It was actually a very poignant line about they don't always you don't always get a comeuppance. No. You don't sometimes people do horrible things and they go and on they to go live on very life. successful yeah. and happy lives. Yeah. Because she got exactly what she wanted yeah. um, and could have cared less. And so you you completely understand why he fabricated this yeah. persona, why he put out all these rumors and lies about him because he really is trying to test the next woman he lets into his life has to take him for for how he is not the money he might inherit someday yeah or what he can do for her and i think he does have an actual natural sense of i got burned i'm not even i'm not even willing to risk my heart like i will have casual relationships with well no like He'll never take advantage of any woman or take no. advantage of an innocent. No. But he'll have mistresses and whatever. And like, flaunt them. Yeah. He doesn't get, he doesn't in care. fact, he tells, Re- he's very open and honest with Rebecca that he wants her to be his mistress. Yeah. He's pursuing her to be his mistress yeah. and he doesn't hide it. He finds her intriguing. He finds her beautiful. Yeah. But he's very clear. I want you as my mistress. And then yeah. you can go marry your Peter. Right? But like, be my mistress. Let's have fun Let's for have a few months. Let's have fun and then go do it. Yeah. And she just hates that. She's so insulted because... I don't know, because I guess she wants every man to have honorable in- intentions for her. I think, I, I guess. It's a little bit hard to tell. My only other thought is there's some element I think of 
an attraction to Trev that she can't quite define initially, that she believes she's so in love and infatuated with Sir Peter because he's classically handsome, right? Like blonde hair, blue eyed, or well, and he has a reputation is. of knight exactly. in shining armor, exactly. and he's so he respectful. He's mourning well, his dead fiance yeah, that's his, been gone for five three years. His fiance was five years. killed in a tragic coaching yes. accident, which is how Trev met Peter, and like they became friends, and like it was so sad. And he's just like wearing the willow or whatever, right, yeah. for like six or ten years or whatever. I wanted to tell you about Trev's uncle a little bit, just. He's like head of the household. I get yeah. the impression. For most Lord of the book, Goudreau we just hear about him through references to him yeah. because we don't actually meet him till the very end, right? So I think we'll cycle back to him as okay. we get towards the end of the book, just so he has more of a but role he's there. at the end. But you hear His about presence him. is is yeah, known. because Trev also has cousins yes. that we hear about, and it's like Fitzwilliam or something. Um, Boudreau is he and a priest and Letitia Boudreau. Yeah, he's a priest. The priest. He right? has a priest okay. for a cousin, and then Letitia's. Just, you know, a single lady or whatever. So I do have to, I want to quote the description of her because I was like, well, classic 80s historical romances again. Okay, this This is how they describe Letitia. Okay, and I believe this is Rebecca describing her, right? Such a warm, kindly girl. It was a pity she was so tall. That feature probably explaining why she was not betrothed, despite her looks and her eligibility. Oh my gosh. For real. What the what? For reals. That is the only reason you're not married. Because uh-huh. you're so tall. You're allegedly quite pretty and all these things which are so tall. So um, the only other people that I think we would talk about really is is Ward and the Peter. Monaghan, right? So I'll start with the Monaghan. That's what they call Trev's mistress at the beginning of yeah. the movie. I can't His remember current her first mistress. name. Claire? No. Clara? Nah. She seems like a Clara. <laughs> Let's gonna see. Let's see if Amy's right. She is not It a starts Clara. with a C. Maybe she's Charlotte. Could she be the she's Charlotte? Not. All right. I, it's almost like Teresa or something. Oh. Because at the very end, they say it. Gotcha. Someone referenced Rosemary. Rosemary. Teresa. We were both we way were off. We were way off. Yeah. All right. Well, at least Beth wasn't right. I wouldn't have been able to live <laughs> right? with that. So, Trev's mistress is Rosemary Monaghan. She should have been called Clara. <laughs> so, Rosemary Monaghan is also very, very beautiful. She is renowned in her beauty. I'd um, say but her and Rebecca are probably the two most beautiful people. The bells people. of the season type of thing yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Which are like, seriously, And they're a little bit different two. because I want to say... Rosemary's dark-haired and Rebecca's... Rebecca's dark-haired. Rebecca's she has dark. jet black hair. Oh, and, and Rosemary's, Rosemary's either blonde blonder. or strawberry blonde or something yeah. like that. They're, they're different in looks. And yeah. so... The Monaghan is taller. She's taller, not as petite. Statuesque. Exactly. Yeah. So you get that idea that they're sort of like two ends of, of this spectrum of just like classical beauties in different ways. Okay. And um, she has been having a relationship with Trev for at least a few months at this point. And by all accounts, they're friends. Like yeah. they seem to really like and Friendly respect lovers. each other well enough. Yeah. But she is a widow herself. And so she's accepted. She's not like a mistress that's on the outskirts. She's sure. invited to parties and balls and whatever. And so she floats her way through the story. And she was an interesting character because it's kind of like, is she a nemesis? Does she care? I think in Rebecca's mind she was. But in the Moynihan, Moynihan, Monahan. I think Monahan. In her mind, or, or she was more confident to be like, yes. we're not we're not even on the same level. That's you are like point. brand new widow and you care about what people think about you. Monahan yeah. doesn't. Yeah, She knows she's accepted. She's comfortable in her own skin. And honestly, she... I think knows Peter 
and Trev so way much better, better Ten than times this young better. little baby girl that's just yeah. coming out of widowhood. And so I feel like in Rebecca's mind, she built it up to be this yeah. big competition, this big rivalry. And the Monaghan was like, these men, you know, like, I don't play those games. Well, and it's not like the Monaghan's that much older or anything. No. It's just that she's been a widow probably Longer. for at least four or five years. Yeah. For a minute. She wasn't left destitute. So she doesn't want to rush into right. another marriage or anything right. like that. She still has a need for... A protector or a husband, yeah. though, because they do oh, make they a do? reference at one. Not that she's the same as Rebecca, uh. destitute or anything, but she talks about, like, to maintain my lifestyle, I need to have an income Got you. Of some I guess sort. then maybe the impression I, more at what I was getting, it, maybe that she's not well off, is that she's okay being a mistress. Yes. She doesn't need yes. marriage. Exactly. And Rebecca, she wants the ring on her finger. She wants to be respectable. Right. So she won't even... She, Which I wonder if that's partly because she has a child. It could be. I mean, personality probably too, but yeah. I think that's got to be an element. Oh, for sure. Because why would you want to bring your I kid I get a distinct that? impression Monaghan was a woman about town and just more savvy in an urban environment than Rebecca yeah. was anyway. Yes. Yeah. She she knew how to play the game. And Rebecca was refused to even consider being a mistress or right. a kept woman. And so their goals were different, which is, I think, what I was trying to get at with the Monaghan being like, we're not in competition. I'm going after this because I think it would be great to have as a protector. Yeah. I'm not trying to steal a marriage prize from you. And so it was like Rebecca was like, ooh, she's so horrible. And I'm like, what has she really done to you? Like right. nothing. You're just jealous because someone else is stealing attention. One of the aspects of the story, of course, it's called The Wagered Widow. So yeah. there's a wager. Yes. So at a point in the story, Trev and Peter make a casual wager that one of them will win Rebecca, either to be mistress or wife, within a month. Right? No, the wager is whether Trev will convince her to sleep with him oh, or be okay. his mistress. It was a little bit more Peter is saying, though. no, she won't do that. She won't She's a respectable okay. woman. I have faith in her. Because... At this point, I don't think he's admitted that he wants to marry her. He's Trev, interested in yeah. her. No, Peter. He's interested in her and he'd like to court oh, her, but yeah. he hasn't officially decided See? I'm going to marry her. So her his thing was like, no, I believe she's too good for that. She will not do that. And Trev is saying all women are like this. If I offer her... I can seduce her. I can seduce anyone. And I'm going to show you that all women are, are basically the same. Which almost made the wager more insulting because he was literally waging, wagering on her character. That she would be weak and fall. Hold on. I just looked it up. So they're talking about Rebecca and it's after this ball. That, okay. that they had. Where they're making the wager, right? Yeah. So they're talking this about Rebecca. Up to it. Basically, they've just been talking about her. And Peter is kind of like not saying something but you can almost get a sense that he's a little bit unsure about trev's intentions or yes. something and trev says peter i have never taken a woman who is unwilling and no lady has suffered because of me i'm a rascal i own it but i trust i am not a rogue right and ward says you know i suppose we none of us really know ourselves blah 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 and they go on trev basically decides to be like so about Rebecca. It's almost like saying, are we calling dibs? Like, right. what's happening oh, true. with this okay. And Peter's like, I scarce know the lady. And Trev says, nor I. We start even. Shall we make it a wager? Do I obtain a yes from the lady? You owe me a thousand. A no, and you win. What say you? And then Peter's like, I've not said I seek a, wa a wife. What have I to gain? And then basically he's like, "It's just, I'm doing you a service. If she's willing to bed me, okay. yeah. then she's no proper wife for you. Gotcha. So you're right. That's that exactly sense. the okay. gist of their wager. So the only people in the room for this wager are Trev and Peter. That's it. Right? They're the only two that know about it. And then later in the book, to 
stir up the pot in some way, Rosemary Monahan, she's the she one found that out about the nudges witcher. nudges Snow about it. She pretends like she's. But being somehow she sly. found out about it. She must have overheard them talking about it she at the can't house party. Have done because. Oh, at the house party, maybe. Yeah. My only other thought, though, remember how at the very end of the book, how Peter and Rosemary end up together? Yeah. And he talks about her as Rosemary at various points in the book. And so I can't help wondering if there's some element of potential relationship there in the background that's just not acknowledged. And maybe Peter said something. But my point of bringing yeah. it all up is, so at the point where Trev finally realizes that he's actually having feelings for... Uh, Rebecca yeah that's when he breaks it off with Monahan, and he's basically kind of like realizes he doesn't want to keep going in this relationship anymore so he buys her a pretty necklace and and it's over or whatever and my point of bringing all this up is the Monahan's character is fascinating because some of the things she does you're like wait is she like evil is she like trying to mess up Trev's chances with Rebecca or is she like you were saying earlier just like, dude, I, I don't care what you do. Like, I've got my own agenda. I'm doing my own thing. Because maybe she was actually trying to throw a wrench in the Peter-Rebecca relationship. That is the impression that I got. Trev was fun and she likes him. But I got this weird vibe, yeah, between Peter and the Monaghan of, like, he was so displeased with her being a mistress because he secretly kind of wanted to be with her himself but he's like I have this persona of like not having a mistress and so I can't pursue her that I don't know it was this weird well, dynamic weird between the, the two of them. the end of the book did the Monaghan and Peter actually get engaged or married or did he I just take her reference. as a mistress? I thought the Getting same married thing. married or engaged or something. I don't think they distinctly do. I think Trev just says they'll deal really well together because she knows how to do for his comforts and blah, blah, blah. It was uh. really odd. So it's like there's holes in this a little tiny bit where I kind of wish we knew a little bit more clearly what's happening. But I really like the way you phrased it with Monaghan being like, girl, I am not your enemy. Like, no. I'm doing my thing. You're doing yours. And I also got a tiny sense of, well, no wonder Trev and Rosemary Monaghan are friends. I think they both have a little bit of that, like, I can see clearly kind of who you are. So I might be Puppet Master just a little bit. Yeah, just I think they both realize bit. that Rebecca and Peter would be a horrific pairing because yeah. they... They both are, like, seeing idealized versions of the other. And they're both so worried about that. Yeah. That they would just perpetuate these bad qualities in each other yeah. for the rest of their lives. They would they would live this very superficial mm -hmm. but unfulfilling life together. Yeah. Because it just, they don't, you yeah, they don't want to be honest about who they really are or what they really need. And so, you're right. I guess, I originally I was like, the Monaghan didn't do anything to Rebecca. But now you reminded me she is the one that break, however she found out about it or however it came yeah. up. She spills those beans. To snow. To make to snow. snow upset. Because snow yeah. has the hots for the Monaghan in the early yeah. part of the book. Like, he thinks she's gorgeous and all this. But, yeah, it's like she's shaking it up a little yeah. bit. But I could never quite tell not if she had why. an actual motive or if right. she was a little pit of her that likes some mischief. And so yeah. she just wanted to play with it a little exactly. bit. Exactly. But it's possible that she was like, I'm not sure I like this Rebecca woman well enough for either of these two that's men I true. care about. Yeah. And so I'm going to push on this a little bit and see what falls out. Yeah. 
and it's it could be jealousy. She's Rebecca weird, getting right? some attention. Maybe she, she didn't still like got that. jilted a little so bit. Not by jealousy. Trev. I don't know. I don't think it was jealousy for the two men, particularly. Yeah. It was jealousy for her stealing attention. Kind because of. Because she yeah. used to be the reigning. She was the hot young thing, yeah. and now. So and it's now a fascinating little side yeah. character, and I just liked it because fundamentally she wasn't evil and malicious and vindictive. She was just a fascinating character. Yeah. She didn't spread rumors because it was true. What yeah. came out? Yeah. The other thing that it brought to mind was that you were just saying was with Trev is he likes to push Rebecca's buttons a little bit. And again, I get the sense that he's like, girl, you have got to enjoy life a little yeah. bit. You can't be so rigid all the time. This isn't you. Yeah. Like, I feel like he sees her as like she can be playful and fun and she's holding herself tight to look so perfectly society get, ready. I don't even yeah, know what. You get the impression uh, at the beginning of the book, some of the comments she makes like Jonathan would not approve and like stuff like mm-hmm. that. She was a very hoydenish type of yeah. Yeah. Um, little girl. And yeah. so then when she became a debutante, that was all kind of like tried to suppress it. You have to it. mold her. You have to mold it thing, because yeah. nobody will want to marry you if you're a hoyden and all this kind of stuff. And so he's kind of reminding her that, that no, like life can be joyful. You can, you can let some of your hoydenish ways out and, and still be a respectable yeah. person. Um, yeah. And the, the, the place I think shows that the best with their relationship is um, the the scene where she catches the fish with her hat. Yeah. Because until that moment, she'd been very, like, standoffish with them and, like, you know, ugh, you're the worst. Like, all their interactions yeah. were like, and that one started out like, ugh, you're the worst, but then turns into a very lighthearted yeah. Funny scene. He even kind of they, steps back and lets her. Which is so. So let me give the, yeah. the listener a, a minute. So basically, they had gone to a little weekend house party at Sir Peter's. I have one thing to insert okay. about that, about the house party, because I found this hilarious. So did you notice there was like a Georgian version of a carpool? Yeah. There was a carriage pool. Yeah. They all traveled together. I never read that so, in another historical right? romance i was like what they is this? usually have their own carriages yeah and, have to and they go. just show up at the house so i thought it was kind of a creative idea on yeah. Sir peter's part so sir peter invites them all out to his country estate for like a weekend of fun and like a mini house party and so like the monahan's coming um trev is coming his cousins will be there there's another brother and sister twins they call them mr and miss sweet or something or street doesn't matter they're only there for like comic relief twice and Mr. Melton, the Aunt Albania, like, so all the people, all the yeah. main principals are coming. And what Amy's talking about is kind of cute. They arrive to pick up Rebecca and her aunt and, like, the Monaghan's already in the carriage or whatever. Yeah, it's There's like, like Ward a variety has, of people. like, several carriages. Yeah. He's, like, accumulated these, whether they're his own or through friends. Yeah. And then the men are riding and the women are going in the and carriages. And the servants have their own carriages. Yeah. And so he's, like, got this whole plan. So it's kind we'll of travel fun. travel together. So they, they stop for lunch together. Yeah. They And so it's an actual, that's part of the event is part and of the it's fun. it's brilliant because Rebecca doesn't know all of these people. So it gives a chance for people who don't know each other to chit-chat and visit a bit before they all come to this house, house party. But part of the house party is they're going to take this, like, little boat cruise on the river or something. It's, you know, it had a big lunch. Which I imagine, like, a river boat. Tight I think like a flat bottom sort of a bargy sort of thing because they talk about dancing and stuff and there's at least like twelve or fifteen yeah, of them but plus like, musicians they have like and food all. and stuff so I'm like it's got to be know. big enough I, I know. don't know I don't or maybe like a steamboat you know maybe like that's what that I was thinking of like, I was thinking of like yeah mid century gotta be a good size or, sorry not mid century but like 1850s on the Mississippi River yeah. type of that's what boat. I imagine yeah too. so anyway. 
they they had a you know a good time there was dancing they had a great meal and basically they talk about how everyone starts getting a little bit sleepy yeah and rebecca has fallen asleep and um something's like tugging on her hat yeah so she must be by the edge of the boat yeah yeah and i get the impression she's holding her bonnet by like one ribbon or whatever or by the brim and then something's tugging on the ribbon and what I found interesting is she gets up and she tries to, like, tug it back and it won't respond. And so someone's like, hey, you've got a fish. It might even be Trev. It's like, hey, you've yeah, got so a fish. Yeah, so he, she wakes up and he's, yeah. like, hovered over her. And she's like, what are you doing? Right? She's, like, outraged. Like, you're trying to make an advance on me. And he might have been. I don't know. But I then he says, I'm trying like, to save your hat. I'm trying to save your yeah. hat. Yeah, because he noticed it's trying to be tugged yeah. out of her hand. And then he's like, oh, wait, you got a bite. You got a bite. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's cute. So she's like, oh, and so she gets up and she's fighting it a little bit. And what's interesting is someone comes and stands behind her. Peter. Was that Peter? I think it was actually Peter. And he tries to reach around her to, like, help her out. And she's like, no, let me do it. This and so that's mine. when you really get yeah. that sense of, like, I want to do it. It's my challenge or whatever, yeah. right? And so he steps back and let her do it. And she's fighting with it. And, and Trev's, like, calling out encouragement, like, okay, oh, no, 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 like, yeah. do this, do this. To try to help her He's catch like, almost fish. got it. Slow, right? slow and steady. It, you can do it. Yeah. And so she finally gives a big heave, right? And she heaves this fish up and it actually lands on Monaghan's lap. Yeah. And so again, a tribute to her character. She doesn't get super pissed. She's no. like, ah, oh, but she right? doesn't get pissed about no. it. She's just she like, even kind of like claps. Applauds, like, well done, yeah. right? Because it's kind of the whole party at yeah. this point. Yeah. And is all the gentlemen, her. especially, are just cheering, cheering for her on. Rebecca, I like, think it was well the best done. part of the party. Right. Um, and so I just love that interaction because you see, again, the difference between Peter and Trev. Yeah. Peter wants to be the gallant, let me save you, let me care for you, let me do the things. And Trev's like, I'm here if you need me, but you got this, you can do it, you know. Encouraging her to have fun. To be herself. And yeah. Yeah. So it's a really cute cute scene. scene. It was a scene I was like, oh yeah, they're perfect for each other. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is where you know. At the party, Rebecca finds out that Peter... Well, let's just talk about Peter real fast because we didn't oh, talk yeah, yeah, to introduce yeah. him. So, Sir Peter Ward, right? He's just a sir. I don't mm-hmm. think he's anything like yeah. super fancy. He's still not mourning. to be insulting to anyone who's just a sir. Exactly. <laughs> I just meant like I'm so used to these books being Lord so and so, and that the Marquis, the Duke yeah, of whatever. Yeah. It's nice and to just have regular Mister Trevelyan. Very nice, sir Peter. and that is also a very uh, common Patricia variant yeah. in her books. It's rare that there is these dukes and like yeah. high level aristocracy usually it's more yeah. the gentry like you know they're they're well respected i they're... think trev's uncle might actually be lord boudreau or something yeah but he might it's, be it's and not he might be a marquis. what his actual title is it's, no it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter yeah anyway so peter is still mourning this long lost love i'm telling um, you it was like i can't remember six, how many eight, years, nine years a, long, a time. long time ago yeah like they they had been loved forever like it was like yes High school sweetheart Probably. type of thing. Yeah. She dies tragically. Like they were betrothed. It wasn't even that long before they got married that, that she died. Yes. It was pretty tragic. He's to me was very wishy-washy in the sense he might be interested. Like you read with the wager part. I might be interested in this Rebecca girl, but I'm not sure. I'm hedging my bets. I got to test her out a little bit. He seems really content in his singledom, yeah. right? In his bachelor. So you're almost like, why are you even pursuing anyone? Right. Like, okay, just don't get married because that's not fair to Rebecca. I kind of wonder if a little bit is, oh, hot young thing. Rebecca Parrish comes on the scene and she's obviously very much into me. Yeah. So maybe I will give her a second look. But it's it's fascinating because Trev seems to have a more visceral, immediate reaction to Rebecca. And Peter's like, oh, maybe. Maybe. It's odd. Well, like everything is life. He has very traditional views about 
how the world should be, mm-hmm. what respectable respectable means. Um, and then you find out, I kind of saw this, and I might have been looking for it because it happened. You always know that if someone appears too good to be true, they're, they're too good to be true. Good they're to putting be true, on yeah. a facade. Yeah. Um, and I knew Trev was. And so I, I was noticing stuff like Peter's all about the big talk, but yeah. he doesn't put action usually to his words, even early on with some of the stuff he would do. Yeah. So I don't know if this is where you're going, but this is what occurred to me is like at this little house party thing, he starts up this conversation with Rebecca about how his little cousin is going to be coming and living with him. And he's worried about getting her a governess or whatever. And he comes up with this brilliant plan for Rebecca and her aunt to come and, and help him choose a governess for this, this young woman. I guess it just always kind of struck me as odd that it was like, he almost just kind of wants to like pass the responsibility. Yeah. No, he doesn't want he it. Doesn't want he doesn't bother. know what to do with this child. And he doesn't want to learn. Sorry, he's... he doesn't even reference to her as a child. He just yeah. he doesn't know what to do with this Funny responsibility. side note. Yeah. They imply that it's some, Amy and I were debating, they imply it's someone maybe between like Least 14 in their and teens. 18, right? Yeah. But like maybe getting ready for their come out. And it turns out later she's a girl of like four. Four years. So old. she's tiny. She's adorable. Oh, yeah. But it's like but when yeah. when the reveal happens, yeah. Rebecca has a minute almost of just like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, why yeah, didn't you tell I'm me not it was prepared. a four-year-old? Exactly. Like, why didn't you Every... give me all the information? Like, It's like he him. was so strict. Because he would. He would reference getting her ready yeah. and getting her prepared. And so, yeah. again, of course Rebecca's expecting an older yeah. girl. And it's a, a little toddler who is adorable and ends up attaching Which herself implies to too, Anthony. This sense of like, he's not really, really aware no. of this girl or her niece. Because he he's not really interested care. in her. No. He just wants the the bother of her to be gone. Yeah. Kind of. On someone else's yes. shoulders. You exactly. Know? It's really yep. odd. No, you're right. You that was the first inkling the red likes, flag where yeah. I'm like, how is she, she has a son? How is she well, how is this not a big red flag for her? Yeah. Instead she views it as, Oh, he cares so much. She's He's trying to find one hundred thousand percent rose colored glasses yes. because of his physical appearance and his reputation and his for reputation. being a perfect gentleman. Which I guess you can kind of understand because her husband was such a flake. But he was still but like I'm gentlemanly still like, with you her. You are and literally com- seeing both yeah. of these men side by side. I don't understand how you're picking Peter. He's boring. And your life will be boring with him. Which, but maybe that's what she wanted because of all the, 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 not the danger exactly from her husband, but maybe she wants that sense of stability. He'll never gamble our money away. He'll never put our family at risk. Maybe there's a fear there. I don't know. Maybe, but Trev has never shown any inclination for gambling in the sense of like, Mm-mm. she's heard rumors that he might gamble and stuff. So again, she's just taking it on what she's heard. That's true. Not exactly what she's because seen. that's not actually Trev's reputation. You're right. It was more about he ruined that girl. And he's a cad with the mistresses, a rake. But you're like, okay, but not in the way a lot of other characters are of like, oh, no, no. He burned his money gambling, yes. whatever, you yeah. know. Somehow he's living and he lives nicely because he's right? got nice clothes. I and... love the way Patricia Varian wrote this book because of things like that. Like when she, uh, when she finds out about the duel and she tries to go to convince Trev to not do the duel... It's a subtle thing, and they don't really describe Rebecca noticing it, but there's a, almost an offhanded comment of, like, it was surprisingly opulent or whatever, his right? House. And yeah, it's his almost townhouse. like in the back of her mind, she's like, what? That's weird, but and okay, then, I got to focus on this. Yeah. And you're like, because he's not poor. You're nicer than I am, because I'm like, this Rebecca's a dum-dum. <laughs> I'm like, how has she not put two and two together? Right? Why does she still think he's destitute? Does she she's think not she's the smartest? Bulb she's in not. The box. No, she's so full, and she's very self-centered and focused she on her own her life way. and her own yeah. problems. Because it takes her a very long time to 
recognize or wonder how Anthony knows Trev. Mm-hmm. And how, like, literally it comes up and she's not like, how do you know him? It's yeah. like she takes it at face value. And then, like, five pages later is like, wait, wait a, minute. a minute. How do you yeah. know my kid? Funniest line, though, is when, and this is why I love Trev, because Trev calls Anthony Tony. And Rebecca says, I don't like that name, Tony. Oh, yeah. And Trev goes, then don't use it. Right? I love He's that He's like, one. I'm going to still use too. it. I don't care if you He's don't like, like cool. it. cool. Then don't call him Tony. <laughs> you yeah. don't have to. So at the house party, Peter has told her the sob story about he has this ward and he doesn't know what he's going to do with her, convinces her to try to convince her aunt to come back for like a month after the party. He's going to give her a little cottage for propriety's sake. He's going to bring his mom. So they can walk over, but it's not too close. Yes, where there will be rumors and and the aunt will be there to chaperone and and bring Tony, get him some fresh air in the countryside. Yeah. So Rebecca's really excited about it because A, she'll have more time to spend with Peter. And B, she really likes the idea of Tony getting out into the wilderness and outside of London and being a young boy. Um, And then they meet the adorable little Patience, who is four years old and quickly idolizes Tony. And literally, like, hangs onto his coattails. Like, we first meet her because Tony brings her in. Anthony, sorry. I call him Tony because Trev calls him Tony. Anthony brings her in saying, I found this in the stables. And it's like Patience. And so it was just adorable. And it's cute because Aunt Booth, like, Aunt Albania, yeah. automatically falls in love with her. Yeah, like, actually kind of loves like, her. She didn't have any 40s, kids of her early own. Fifties, yeah, yeah. Didn't have any of her own kids. And you can just tell that she's... Oh, she would adopt this little girl. They describe her as very cute. Looks like white yeah. blonde curls and big blue eyes I think and they whatever, end up you know? quasi-adopting her, right? They Doesn't do. she end up living they with... Make a, they make a deal to adopt her. Which, yeah. again, Peter's like, okay, bye. Right? You know? Obviously has no care for this and, child. And then it's cute because Trev and Rebecca are like, okay, but she's got to spend at least part of her time with us because yeah. Their bond Anthony is so tight. and, and, and yeah. her have to be able to be together. So, so. that was a I also like that little side story yeah. going on with the kids. Because um, Milton, Mr. Milton finally comes around and proposes to Anne yeah. Booth and all of that. So, yeah. again, so now she has this month to, like, watch Peter. And for some reason, she's still, like, obsessed and impressed with him, even though I'm like, this guy is a... So There's boring. There's nothing about There's him. There's nothing to him. Trev shows up and it's like, we have this fun, hilarious day of playing, like, stickball. And my kids love him. My son adores adores him and yet i'm and is kind of standoffish with peter and yet i'm still like peter's this idol that i absolutely love i really i was like she's so dumb like i don't understand how it's not blaringly obvious who she should be i think she let herself get so caught up in this ideal of her future oh because remember throughout the book she's a little bit of a dreamer she'll get caught up in these daydreams that she's having and so I think part of it is she very quickly painted a very rosy picture of a castle on a hill and all the things with Peter. And she had a hard time kind of seeing Letting reality. Go. Yeah. That's true because the one funny thing I liked in her inner dialogue is uh, Trev always had horrible nicknames. He was the creature. And then he was the horrid creature. Right. And he would, like it kept getting worse and worse. And so, yeah, it was like that first impression of the two stuck with her. So, because... Before Trev opened his mouth at the first impression, she was actually a little bit more interested in Trev. Because Trev is also, he's not like as handsome as Sir Peter, but she felt he's that He's got more of a dark, sardonic sort And she of felt a... more attraction to him. Yeah. But then Trev opened his mouth and like probably a... said something insulting or like sarcastic a to her. About yeah. Him. And so she was like, ooh, like she was like, who's this? And then he probably like insulted her. Yeah. And suddenly she's like, not right. you. And then saw the blonde, blue eyed angel and... and was like, oh, that's who I. Right. He's so polite. He's so everything I've ever looked for in a 
in a man. And then, she, yeah, she can't let that go. But it irritated me because Peter constantly made choices that should have made it blaringly obvious to her they were not a good fit. And so at this point, there's literally a point in the book where she's just sacrificing herself so her son can go to school. Seriously. And I was like, well, that's not fair to you or Peter, really. But not, not in an to... actual honest with herself way. No. Of being like, I need to do what's best for my son. And then, yeah, somehow the duel comes out. And I actually found the duel scene pretty comical. Oh, it was Because hilarious. by the end, like, they're in the middle of this duel or haven't even started yet. And Snow's ready to call him out again. Because oh. Trev is just being a sardonic. They haven't even started. So. And he's like, I'll call you out for that. And his friends are like, dude, you can't. You have to do this duel first. Yes. Like, you can't even yeah. pull a second duel. Yeah, he has his best friend, Forty. Um, who isn't in there a lot, but yeah. he gives him Snow advice. Snow takes all of his advice from Forty. Like, Forty says it wouldn't be and good if I did this And they describe him as a tulip of the ton. So it implies, like, a little bit of a herinarian, a little bit of, like, a good-humored, but maybe not the brightest bulb in the box or whatever. But I love I love that character because he keeps coming back throughout the, the whole story. And you get the sense that he kind of grounds Snow a little bit. Yeah. And brings some reason, actually, to some of the hijinks. So uh, when uh, Letitia, I think, is the one who finds out about the duel, tells Rebecca, begs Rebecca to try to stop it. Because she both loves Trev and she loves Snow from a distance. I don't think Snow's recognized her yet. I think it's after the duel when he first is like, does a double take. I think she begs him. Yeah, and all of a sudden not he kill. sees her as vulnerable and she's got yeah. tears in her eyes and, and suddenly he's like, wait, she's a woman? You're not too tall. Despite her height, okay. she's a woman. Oh, she's got boobs. <laughs> I didn't see them I because they were way up here. Yeah. Because <laughs> apparently oh he's a dumb dumb too. Oh, it runs in the Booth great. family. Oh my goodness. So we any hootily doodly. Rebecca's like, yes, I agree because I don't want my brother to die. I don't actually remember a whole bunch of that. Like, she's not able to stop it because they've already started it or she, she doesn't get there in time. She gets a promise out of him. So she okay. never tries to physically stop the duel. Okay. She goes and, and begs Trev to not do it. And the promise she gets is that he won't kill her brother. Okay. Right? Okay. He'll save his no life. He'll preserve wounds. his life. No serious wounds. No okay. mortal wounds. And then she and Letitia, it's like late at night. So they go back to Rebecca's house. Oh, and, and they're like... Snow like comes in and is almost like, like, oh, why are and you so here? then What's going Letitia on? decides to do the same to Snow. So she, so she, I heard it's her whatever, yeah, yeah, begging, crying him. type of yeah. thing, you know. And that's when it affects him. And the funniest part of that scene is that Forty, Lord Fortescue, or whatever, pops in and he goes, is he here? And then he sees, like, this weeping woman. He legit is like, Rrr. and, like, Rrr, 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 gets himself out of there and takes off. And he's, he's like, bye. hear from him again for, like, Tell a few field. chapters or yeah. whatever. It cracks me Because he's there at the duel, but yeah. it's almost like, see you on the field. I know. He's like, nope, bye. not doing the women thing. I'm out. And so the next day, it talks about how Rebecca's been, like, pacing the floor for hours. What's happening? And what's somehow happening. hears that he's wounded. Like, Trev is wounded or something. I There's thought a it reason was because she goes Snowden actually came by. But let me look it up real quick. And he had, like, maybe... Maybe, like, pinked him in, like, the arm or something. Like, there had He been... had hurt Snowden's wrist. Oh, okay. He had jammed it in some way that it was sprained and okay. swollen. So Snowden can't use his... But somehow rebe- His uh, sword hand Okay. Anymore. But because Trev was trying so hard to be careful, they're technically both trying not to kill the other. Because right. Because they both kind of got the same promise out of the two men. There, there's this. It's a long duel. It just keeps going yeah. because they're like dancing around each other almost. 
But um, Snow manages to get a swipe across his chest. Okay. It's like a, a bleeding As scratch. Yeah, so he's but like, it's okay, not I, like I bled you, but it's not serious. Deathly or whatever. Yeah. And then the big injury that Snow gets is a hurt wrist. She ends up at Trev's house after the duel, um, and she's put led into the wherever he is. Um, the servant takes her in there, and he's kind of like draped over a like a, a sofa or something. And I think she describes him as being like pale or... And his hand is kind of just laying there. Like, he looks like he's, like, near death. Mm-hmm. And so she It's like a dimly lit room. Yes. He's on a he's, sofa. There's no servant He staged around. it. Yeah. yeah. He's totally staged this um, for theatrical effect. And Rebecca has, for all of her faults, has a very compassionate and soft heart. And so she sees him like this. And unacknowledged to herself, she's starting to have feelings for Trev. And so she sees him like this. And she's like, oh, no, because I asked him to spare my brother... I, you know, I cost him his life. He's going to die. And so she rushes to him. I think she might kneel by him and, like, pull up his hand and clasp it to her breast. She does. And oh she's my being goodness. like, you know, please don't die. Or, like, well, you and know. And then she brings the hand up to her lips and tries to yeah. kiss it and does resistance. Yeah. And she's like, what? Oh, because it wants to be he's, by the boobs. Right? It's so funny. And so, and yeah, she'll, like, have a thought of, like, surprisingly strong, you know? And then. I can't remember even the words they exchange. Um, I'm sure he's, like, talking weakly, like, pretending to be, oh, like, I out of found breath. It. You found I it. I found it. So here we go, right? He's like, how very good of you to come, <laughs> or whatever. And she's like, his right hand, like you said, trailing. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Is it very bad? I expect I may fool them all and live. <laughs> oh, no. Right? So they come very bad melodrama. Or whatever. Yeah. I'll summon you. should be carried to your bed. No, don't leave me. I do not want to to die. All alone. <laughs> so he's playing into her he, romance yes. and the way she likes to yes. romanticize everything shattered. This she would held be one of her daydreams. Under her chin. She had a vague sense that there was some resistance to this movement. <laughs> Maybe his arm was too helpless and heavy, right? That's all my fault. No, no. I could ask nor of my, no more of life than to have been of service to you. No, no. Totally playing. How it can up. they treat you so? My cousin is gone for bandages and the surgeon is on his way. It's just. They dared not carry me upstairs. <laughs> and she's like, he was so chivalrous. Like, she's thinking yeah. all this. Oh, his long so lashes, brave. all of this. Yeah. And he goes, I cannot seem to to see you. <laughs> was this the dimming touch of approaching death? Like, she's having all this, like, oh, no, I'm here, Trev. You're, you're going to be well again. Would you kiss me just once before? So she bends over to give him a kiss. His kiss was so weak, right? And she's just like... Oh, no. And then all of a sudden, like, the hand she's holding tightens. The other arm goes around her. And she's kind of like, okay. Wait a minute. It's thrilling for a minute, but she's kind of like, okay. And she's like, what? What's going on is, like, what she's thinking. But the kiss, like, none other. So you can tell yeah. she all oh, she loved her husband. It wasn't really yes. passionate, whatever. Yeah. And then you hear a voice from afar saying, Trev, where are you? And it's Letitia. <laughs> and then through that golden glow, Rebecca's like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is Trev. And then she just goes, Villain! <laughs> <laughs> wicked shameless oh it is it just cracks me up he's yeah. like now now admit you liked it <laughs> right but it's oh like she gosh. finally the light wait this is trev like she should have right? known all along he and was like, playing wait this a minute. up why is letitia here yeah. you said yeah, yeah. oh crap it was me very up. funny it's a that's a so good that's a classic trev scene like that was pretty much how he was throughout 
right? It's beautiful because, again, he knows her. He sees her. And so he's like, girl, you love it when it's yes. this drama bomb. Yes. Like, let's These play. These are your daydreams. Exactly. Let's be honest. Let's play. Into- so then after the duel, so she ends up going back to the cottage because there is, at the end of this, like, month-long stay with Sir Peter, at some point there, he's having a big... Like, it's a, a yearly annual ball, and it's a mask ball. So people come. There's a competition for the costumes to it's win. It's like, yeah, like full Halloween-esque of, like, full costume fancy Yeah, dress. but I don't think it's in October. It's midsummer, it's like they summer, called right? it. So yeah. it's probably around. But same type of costumes. Yeah. Like, people are trying yeah. to win a, a prize for summer having the best costume. Probably type of time. Yeah. Rebecca doesn't have one, but finds, like, an old-fashioned dress from, like, I don't know, like 1500s or something like that. Like she finds, they have this old collection of it's old It's a little creepy. Clothes. So as you read through, as and you like read mannequins. it again, they're like wax sculptures. They're almost yeah. like the wax museum. And apparently it was commissioned for some, to commemorate some military ancestor of Sir Peter Ward. And it was so realistic. The guy who ordered it was a little bit freaked out and, and banished it to this upstairs room. Yeah. And then over time, the collection grew because they liked to preserve the clothes. Yeah. But he's like, no, no, none of my family. Like, you can make them look like whomever, but not my family. Yeah. So it's kind of, I imagine a Madame Tussauds sort of thing. Sure. Where they're all just standing there. Um. So I don't know if that's really relevant, except for that Ward's mom gets mad, I think, when it's she finds grandma. out. Oh, it's his grandma. Yeah. Okay. She's wearing one of their outfits. Because the whole idea was you guessed who was in the costumes. Because you're all wearing masks. Which so you I, can't see I guess who part is of who. me is kind of like, I guess. But, but do they really to mask to tell, you that much? Right? Guess who's super tall as a lady and yeah. should stand out a lot, you know? Exactly. Unless these are masks that cover their hair and their I faces. Know. I don't know how you don't. Okay. So anyway, they're going to have this ball. And in the meantime, there's... A side story is that the militia is nearby because they're searching for fugitives in the area. They they know of at least one, but it might just be in general they're looking for fugitives. Um, and because one of, they're like hounding the fugitive south or something, yes, and so they're yeah. passing through Sir Peter's yes, area and they yes, yeah. and they know that people along the way are helping them, so they're kind of like yeah. suspicious of everyone in the area. And the there are two important military people in this mm-hmm. militia, and one. The one with less command. So, like, he might be a major and then there's a colonel or something. looking for a promotion. A captain and a major. I, whoever's... I think he's a captain. Captain Holt? Is that who you mean? Well, there's two. There's the one that she knew from Hillary since Broadbent. they were young. Yeah. I don't remember and the ranks either, but the Hillary's one... a higher rank than, than Holt is. And then there was the one that, yeah, is trying to um, be promoted. Anyway, they're there. They're the ones in the area looking. And, and so they know that there's, like, fugitives. And... Peter and Rebecca have an interesting conversation about that of like, mm-hmm. would you help a rebel? You know, what do you yeah. think? And that's scary. What would you do? Yeah. If you encountered yeah. One? And Peter's like, well, you know, I think, you know, and I think she even asked like, and what if it was a friend and stuff like that? And Peter gives the impression that he would probably help because he just feels so bad for someone being hunted down yeah. like that, that he just feels like he wouldn't be able to live with himself if he caused someone's Death, essentially. Yeah. And so again, Rebecca's like, He's basically like, I'd do my Christian duty and then I would send them on their way. Yeah, he's like, I wouldn't shelter them for long, but I wouldn't turn them away. Right. I would give them the help I could. And she's like, oh, I knew it. You were like the best. You're so silverish. Da, 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 da. So they have this party and everyone's in costume, um, having a rip-roaring time. And she's noticed that, like, she hasn't seen Trev in, like, more than a day, like, more than 24 hours. 
Yeah, she saw him like the day before, and she yeah. kept expecting to see him at this. Ball. Yeah, because he, him and Peter are good Snow, friends. They were yeah, both, she was and they're both like, kind of missing. Where are they? But... Yeah, but they're like, whatever. I'm having a good time. I might yeah. win this. I might win the prize, even though this grandma's pissed at me. But she doesn't want to win the prize. I don't no. know if you remember that. Because that would be tantamount to, like, announcing a betrothal yeah. or something. Because everyone would know that she's living on his yeah. property and she borrowed yeah. this from their collection. Like, yeah, no. She she's trying want that. not to win. Yeah. And the grandma doesn't want her to win either because she w- has won every year. The grandma so just doesn't bias. even like hardly anyone. <laughs> no, yeah. She, she can't even say patient's name right. They call oh, that's something a else. funny joke. It sw- switches every time. Patricia, Pamela, whatever. Yeah. I mean, funny, sad. Yeah, she's right. A four-year-old girl, and they can't bother to remember right. her name. I don't remember all the ins and outs of the party, but eventually it gets to a point where uh, Trev stumbles in, and he's well. Here's what happens: seriously in- injured. Just for the thing. So basically, the six finalists are called up front, and they're they announce Rebecca as the winner, and she's like, "No, no, no!" Like, and the grandma's like, "No!" And so the, he's like, "Okay, guys, let's just take this in the other and room, and we'll talk and go about to, like, it." A study or and a so that's or why something. there's like six or eight people Instead in the next of the entire yeah, ballroom. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. that's why they're private in this other drawing room or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has doors to the outside. Yeah, because that's important yeah, yeah, because yeah. Trev like comes in. And he's totally like he you can tell in. he's blood covered mm-hmm. like down you know he's he's seriously down one injured arm, like yeah. he's not good and he's like so sorry I know da, da, da. I can't remember exactly what like, he I'm says sorry, but Peter, sorry for the inconvenience I could go yeah. like and know. he basically collapses because yeah. he's like seriously injured and wounded and right at that time they hear the knocks on the door of like. Not on their door, but they hear the the, front a hall. servant comes in or something saying someone is the militia's the here. They're searching the they're room. searching the house and yeah. and they're all like, "What do we do? What do we do?" Peter instantly is ready to sacrifice his friend. Yeah, I don't think he even really like contemplates it that long. No, he's freaking out. Because he's like, I got all these people if, in the house. At the most, I can't, he freezes. Yeah, I can't do this. Well, no, she, she seriously is like, okay, what are we going to do? And he, he tries to justify it. He tries to be like, if it were just me, but I've got my grandma to think about. I've got all these other people to think about in my home, which, okay, maybe, but they wouldn't be held accountable if you inadvertently, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the militia isn't going to go hang every one of your guests. You would be held accountable. And yeah. really, so this is because you're afraid to help your friend. And this isn't a casual acquaintance. This is the man who has helped you through your mourning with your last fiance. This is a really yeah. close friend. And so, yeah, he he freezes and then kind of just, I and maybe he doesn't first come up with, we got to turn him in, but he lets himself be swayed that that's the best option. And Rebecca's like, uh, I thought we had a conversation about this and how you talked about not wanting to see an innocent person die. And it's Trev. It's your best friend. Well, and what's fascinating is that the gentlemen in the room initially are the ones that are kind of like so the women like the monahan and everyone's like oh my gosh right? yeah what do we do and the men are kind of like whoa not our problem um this way you hear the soldiers like did he go inside blah 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 and so and basically like uh lord cadenworthy's in there and so other yeah. people are like i'm they're not dragging me down with her or whatever and i swear like peter is kind of stuck for a minute and she and rebecca's like we have to hide him where yeah. under the furniture there's no cupboard yeah and and cadenworthy incriminate us all are you crazy it's high trees and blah 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 and sir peter quavers his voice is quavers he's scared yeah and he's like you're no jacobite trev you have only to tell them the mistake and 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 villers is like uh i was seen right Right. like they saw me yeah 
Um, Plus, I'm bleeding from my arm. And then Forty doing what, right? And so I yeah. just love Forty and Fortescue uh, in this because you start, it says, with an unfamiliar air of authority. So you start to get yeah. an impression that he knows more yeah. than he, you ever see. He think. might be putting on a persona. And so uh, De Villers, uh, basically, Lady Ward is like, how could you? It's Peter's mare. Now you've involved my girl. Like, you can just yeah. tell they're all concerned about themselves. So Trev even says, I'll go and throw myself on their mercy. Right. And, and all of this stuff. And Peter is just like. Ready to let him do it. Yeah, it's crazy. He he literally, I'm rereading it as skimming it now. He hardly says anything. That's true. It's it might have really been later bizarre. where he's justifying his oh. actions to her after mm-hmm. the ball that he tries to explain why it's he didn't bullshit. speak up, why he, he didn't He actually later anything. is trying to imply, oh, I'm How so dare glad Trev. we were brave and we saved him. Yeah. And Rebecca almost is like, bitch, please. Yeah, like, you I did nothing. saved him. You yeah. were scared shitless over there. Yeah. And so finally, Trev just collapses, right? Oh, God. And so that's they're all frozen for a okay. second, and the door bursts open, and it, that's the butler. Soldiers are searching the house. And so uh, basically, Ward is like, I, I got to think of er, the rest of you. This is where he's like, yeah. the fleeing rebel is treason, blah, blah, blah. And finally, Rebecca's like, have you no loyalty? Like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Do you think he would turn his back on us? And that's when she does, I think, one of the greatest bits yeah. in a Pulls book up her. ever. She, uh, did you describe the crazy, huge... Oh, no. I mean, I thought it was implied, but you're right. People might not know that back in that, that day, like, you had you basically had Cage attached uh-huh. to your waist. It can have like three feet yeah. across you. Like Both huge. sides, front and back. Mm-hmm. Um, and they implied that this costume And it one, literally was like a cage in the sense that it had structure. It, like a, a it could frame. stand up by itself. Yes. A frame. Yeah. That's what I was Well, and, and this particular one wasn't even like the casual ones that were pretty big they it was would for wear. Court. It was this ridiculously ornate yeah. one. And it was, I almost get the impression of the, the crazy, huge, like princess ball gowny like huge circle i almost got the impression that it was just gigantic yeah this thing so what she does is she lifts it up she steps Steps. right over his collapsed body she drops it and i think it's 40 that runs over and like shoves the extra limbs under the skirt to make sure and um and she's like scared and i love this bit too because letitia comes and stands right next to her yeah and has like has her arm around or whatever holding hands whatever they're doing and they're just standing there right yeah and i love the bravery and the sisterhood of them just like they're just there or is it the monahan no it's letitia that stands the monahan's there too and she was also like oh my gosh protect him but and i think she says something like be statues like they're letitia's in a a full gown as well and so they're standing next to each other and they're quick put your masks on and so those two girls put their masks on and they hold perfectly still yeah and what happens is they come in and um it's hillary broadbent her friend that comes in and is searching the room and he's like what's they're playing it off like oh you startled us where what's going on hillary or whatever well i gotta search so he's searching around and they're standing perfectly still, and he comes over, and he starts to reach down to, like, lift up her skirt, oh, and she slaps, oh, yeah. she slaps his hand, yeah. and she's like, Hillary, or something <laughs> like that, and he's like, what? Yeah. And then they play it off, like, see, I told you right. we could trick him, blah, yeah. blah, blah, you thought we were the statues, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, playing the thing. And then my favorite part of it, too, is at one point, she shifts her foot, and um, she feels a tug on her bloomers. Um, and so she like gently moves her foot to a different position and she realizes she had stepped on his yeah. hand. And so he's, he's like, under yeah, the she had a little Yoop! moment right? of like, what's that? Oh, it's Trev. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. basically Hillary is just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then he leaves and then Captain Holt likes, or, or as you know, he doesn't fully leave. 
Captain Holt sticks his head in to almost be like, maybe I should check. And Hillary's basically like, uh, excuse? No, like, I'm on. still your... Yeah. your A commanding officer. Thank you. Overlord. That's yeah. not the right word. <laughs> Wrong century. <laughs> right? But basically, yeah. If Hillary had not been the one to come... If Holt had come looked, he wouldn't have cared. He wouldn't no. have listed the stupid skirt. Yeah. So they, they talk later how they dodged a bullet that way. Yeah. But because of Hillary and being a gentleman and all these things, they got away with it. The one funny thing, though, about these scenes, because from this, there's like... a. F- a Maybe another one where it's a little bit of, like, tense of, like, is he going to get caught? No, it's fine. They immediately rela- relax oh way gosh. too soon after after these, way too you, soon after these the scenes. Imagine the door closing. Click. Thank goodness boom. Captain Holt Good didn't catch us. find you under those skirts. Like, it's I'm thinking if he just, if Colt was just waiting by the door, he would have, yeah. like, found out their whole plan. Well, because how they get away with it is they grab a footman's uniform, they yeah. dress him in that. They, they pretend he's, he's able like to so stand drunk. upright that they can support him upstairs because he's drunk. Yeah, you know they get him in bed, right? Yeah. Well, the next day or something like that, or a couple of days later, whatever it is. No, it's the very next morning. He has to go down to yeah. breakfast. He has to pretend, pretend like he's he has no fine. severe wound yeah. in his shoulder. He has to make conversation was. with yeah. Holt, who's around sniffing some more. And Holt comes and like grabs his shoulder mm-hmm. at one point, and he has to pretend he's not like in excruciating bro, pain. Like slap him on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. to test. Crazy. I think Holt Holt is not stupid. He knows that somehow they got away. Yeah, with this. And so he did it on purpose, I Mm -hmm. think, to be like, do you have a serious wound here in your shoulder? But they are able to convince him with the acting and he leaves. But again, it's like he just left the breakfast room and they're like, hallelujah. I'm like talking about how great it is. Good thing you're like, you guys. You gotta give it like a few minutes, or it's someone the, go check the it's door. The earshot thing. They don't yeah. even wait for them to be out they of earshot. They don't even send someone to check. They don't even have a minute to make of, sure like, Holt's not right there. You know, to go yeah. on with normal conversation. So anyway, it drives me crazy. Then, because it's a historical romance, there has to be some drama. the The couple can't just drama. get together. Drama. Drama. Yeah. Foama. I don't know, like how do you say like fake drama? Um. <laughs> so. Rebecca has realized that she loves Trev. She doesn't want to be with Peter because Peter's shown his true colors. Yeah. And she really just loves Trev. She and realized. she saw what you said earlier, that Peter was all talk. Yeah. But he and never her son's really comment, actually did anything. Yeah. And her son's comment of the eyes versus yeah. what they say, she starts to remember yeah. Trev and their interactions. And she's like, oh my gosh, I love Trev. He'd, he'd be a great father. He'd be a great father. He, you know, Anthony loves him. All this kind of I'm stuff. I'm attracted to she's him. She's like, I don't know how we'll make ends meet, but we'll figure it out because yeah. I just love him so much. The problem is, is Trev shows up to propose to her because he's been in love with her for a little while yeah. now. But he, but also to thank her. Like and he to wants thank to thank her you because for saving she my saved life. his life. I've realized I don't want to marry you. Yeah. I do want to marry yeah. you. But he's sick as a dog. He's so sick. If you imagine, he, he has a bullet wound he's, he's recovering from. He's got a fever. Like, he is um, not And so well. it was not the best time. He probably should have waited to declare what himself. What he needs to say is it was a terrible time. It was a terrible timing. His proposal came out so awkward. He so basically is like, thanks so much, marry me. Right, like he's offering it as like a compensation prize. I was a little bit though like, seriously, Rebecca, you could maybe give him some slack because he does have a bullet wound through him. Like I felt she could be a little bit like, let's clarify this. They did the classic, yeah. I'm not going to clarify what you're but saying. But she was being a little bit of Rebecca and yeah. jumping and making, making all, all sorts decisions. of those because assumptions. Because the Monaghan had this distinct ring. It's like she's a dragon, a dragon with a ring, red or eyes something. or yeah. something. Yeah, and she sees the a hand with the ring on it in Trev's carriage, waiting outside. So she's basically, you cad, you're proposing to me, 
you got your freaking mistress in the cat. Like, and again, pissed. though, I'm like, Rebecca, why don't you just turn around and say, you cad? Why are you proposing exactly. to me with your mistress in the carriage? We could oh, clear you all marry of this me up. when you got the Monahan out there? No. Like, nah. You love this person. Why aren't you fighting for them? Right. But no, she's like, whatever. You're just a weirdo. Or yeah. you're, you're who I... Fine. Whatever. <laughs> I would never marry Fine. you kind of thing. So he leaves heartbroken and nearly dying. Like, he's probably, like, near death's door. And he leaves because she rejects him because he's like, I just want you to be happy. He's like, fine. If it's not me, I hope you're happy with, like, Peter or whatever. I can't remember exactly what he says. Yeah. But kind of like a, okay, I understand. Please be happy. Because he's, like, about to faint. He's yes. Not he's not doing so well. He's so sick. And he's heartbroken. And if she had looked... Because again, she yeah, wouldn't look he at him. He's like out. shaking. His hand is shaking. Oh, she's she not never it's, yeah. again because she's so self-absorbed. It's all about her instead of being like, hmm, maybe think where, where Trev is at this point. He just went through a traumatic experience. Anyways, so then she's like, okay, I guess I'll marry Peter. But here's what I don't get. So I'm going to rewind briefly. So before this proposal, I just want to point out. So right after they safely took Trev upstairs or whatever okay. or whatever. So the end of that dramatic scene. Oh, the ball. Yeah. Okay. Basically, um, they're kind of P- Sir Peter's like, we have to go back to the ball. Like we have to pretend oh, like right. everything's yeah, normal. Makes sense. And he's yeah. like, Shall we go? And he goes, Are you sure it won't be too much of a strain for you, Mrs. Parrish? She looked up into his handsome, concerned face, and she knew he would have stood by and allowed his best friend to be delivered up to a cruel and shameful execution and listed lifted not a hand to help. He was trying now because the rest of them had stood firm, but he was very frightened. The last scales fell from fell from her eyes. Handsome Peter Ward had been her dream, her knight in shining armor, but the dream was false. And although someday she might wed him, the deep respect and admiration what? she had felt for him were gone forever. She's still considering marrying him at this point? This was, she's like, I might. Well, because oh, she of, doesn't whatever. deserve Trev. Right? It's so frustrating. But I do love this part. Just, I got to throw that. Because I, I, I actually really liked Rosemary Monaghan by the end of yes. this. You, I really think you hit the nail on the head of like, she's just playing her own game. Yeah. She's not trying to be a villain. But I just love it because as they walk past the Monaghan, it says, that lady bowed in a deep curtsy. Rebecca glanced at her in surprise because in Rebecca's mind it was like her challenger, yes. and basically her arch and the Monaghan just murmurs bravo because yeah. she's like I mean she said bravo she's but anyway like, she's recognizing that like yeah you got some balls you, on you lady. I, I I I respect you. that I respect so the fact sorry that I told you were willing to duel. take care of this person yeah. we care about like yeah <laughs> sorry I told about the duel, the duel. <laughs> I didn't know you were actually a good person <laughs> I thought you were playing them both right yeah. yeah. So it baffled me why she would go back to Peter at I all. I remember besides... that now. So, and then oh. the very next morning after the breakfast, oh, she's like, because... I love Trev. I'm not going to marry Peter. Trev's a jerk. I'm going to go marry Peter. Yeah. Peter was not the only person interested in her. Remember the fishing exploits? Whatever. A lot of men were interested in the little Broadbent? Parish. Hillary, Hillary, Hillary right? whatever his name is, Broadbent was and interested Horatio in her. And Horatio Glendening Lord Cadenworthy probably would have been interested in her after the fact. And yet she goes for the freaking wimp. Really? The one that she literally is like, he would have let his friend die. Oh, I guess I'll marry him because I need the money. That's when she lost all my respect. I, I agree. I think that was a bit of a stretch. I think it should have been like she couldn't marry him. And then she might have. And I'll figure it out. Yeah. You are going to figure it out in love with Trev. Right. But so instead you're going to. That's the example you want to give your son. You want to give him Peter as an example. Yeah. To let's right? turn on our friends when they need us. Because she's right. Trev would have sacrificed himself before all of those people. So it was just, she made me so mad. 
But then a tiny bit of a plot stretch, I just thought. It was. I mean, she eventually realizes it was a mistake. And she and what I like is she realized it. She calls off the engagement of before she accord. finds out about Trev and the truth. Yeah. Just she on just her own. She's about like, it for a few weeks and you she's know, like, this is stupid. This was a bad I idea. Can't. I can't do this. Yeah. I'm in love with someone else. Yeah. And then, yeah, Snow's fallen in love with Letitia. He's like, please go talk to Letitia's uncle. He won't let us get because married. Because I proposed. She said and yes. The reason uncle he said won't, no. <laughs> the reason he won't let us get married is, guess what? I'm exactly like the uh-huh. what you thought Trev was like yeah, and look flighty. you know how you found it endearing in me <laughs> his uncle doesn't like can it you but you remember uncle? how you judged Trev like that I need you to go convince the uncle that it's actually a good thing to have a guy like that proposed to you so like what irritated me is she's going to defend her brother for all of the exact same reason she rejected Trev yeah. It really irritated. I'm sorry. Rebecca irritated me at the end. She's not a favorite heroine. No. I love the little goofy things. I like love her their interactions. And stuff, but fundamentally, I 100% agree I, with you that Trev is way better than her. Way better than her. I mean, and I so I, her I, wanted, all, but just, I wanted them together because I wanted Trev to be happy. Because he deserved to, she's happiness. She's a bit shallow in the way she judges others. Oh, it's horrible. I guess. I guess I left it with the hope that Trev will be a, a good influence on her to make her be a better person yeah because letting encouraging her to be herself yes I think and not develop. care about superficial things so she talks to the uncle and he actually points it out of like well those are the same well or she might point it out in the sense of when she finds out that he's trev's uncle she's like how can you judge my brother when you have a nephew that do, that's exactly the same and he's yeah. like Oh, has my nephew not like actually told you? No one's told you the truth. How yet? it is? The full story? Yeah. Let's what? Talk. Yeah. So he's the one that kind of tells her the backstory. He doesn't tell her that he that he hasn't disowned Trev about the money. He just about says, the money, uh, but he tells her about that other girl. You don't understand. And what this really is why happened. he's yeah. This is why he puts on this persona yeah. with women and society because he's been burned, and this is what happened. Yeah. And so she starts to see Trev in a new light. Finally, wait. Um, yeah. yeah. So he's kind of like. Tell me why you think I should give Snow a chance. And I think that that's a significant scene for Rebecca because she has to justify and then realize, oh, wait, you know, like I held Trev accountable for all this stuff and my brother does the same things. So it ends up that Trev comes over to talk to his uncle and is like startled to see her there. At first, it was a misunderstanding. Trev assumes she's found out that he's wealthy and that's the only reason she's there. And then he has to admit that he created this whole myth to test women because he didn't trust them. And so she's a little bit upset of like, that's what you think of me? You really thought that all I care about is money? And I'm like, girl, you've spent the entire book not hiding that you're looking for a wealthy husband. I don't think it's unrealistic that he made that assumption. But anyway, Trev is not ashamed to get down on his knees and say, I'm so sorry I made that assumption i adore you you're everything to me he really did like plead for her he was like please i'm so sorry i yes i jumped to conclusions but i love you da 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 and then i love it at the very the ending of that scene how it closes how she kind of admits that she must be wicked because she's so pleased that he's not poor and i just love the honesty in that because it's not untrue like the relief she must have felt that i get to be in love i get to have a husband yeah. i love and now i don't have to worry about money she had told him 
before he revealed the money yeah. part, she had been like, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. I don't know. We, I've, been, I've been making it work this yes. long. We'll figure it out yeah. together. Yeah. And that, I think that, in a way, is the most true statement she could give of, I really do love you, yes. Steph, for who you are, yes. is... I just want to be with you. Yes, because he also, she also admitted that she'd given the ring back three days ago before she'd even come to his uncle. And so he puts it all together and realizes, oh, she really does leave me. Another layer that brought Rebecca forward in her understanding of, of Trev and their relationship is that she didn't know at the time, but the person, the Jacobite they were helping escape was her brother, Johnny. That they thought was doing the grand tour with someone. Yeah. No, no, he was fighting in the rebellion. So Snow knew, and all the times through the book where Snow was acting weird, he would disappear. He was looking for Johnny. Yeah, he, was he was trying to find, to find their him. brother. So Rebecca, at the time of saving Trev's life with the big gown, she had no idea that he was ever helping her brother. She yeah. thought he was just helping a stranger, someone. And she just and she was willing to dive into the danger yes. with him and try to protect him for being a good person and all. And then she finds out after the fact and that's when she starts to feel like oh doubly right. like oh my gosh are you kidding me like, like he... rethinking maybe i should give him a benefit of the doubt exactly maybe like I, holy I jumped cow to i owe him such, i forgot that yeah such a huge burden of of thanks and whatever that i thought was really interesting i thought it was an important aspect that yeah. it wasn't like oh you saved my brother's life this is why i have to help you yes. because the significance of snow hurting his wrist is how they got in that pickle where Trev really kind of got involved anyway, is that Johnny was ill and they he, he fell off a horse. And because Snowden had a, a strained wrist, he couldn't get him back on the horse. So Trev had to hop down, hoist him on a horse, send them on their way, and then try to lead the soldiers somewhere else or whatever. So And then yeah. the last chapter isn't really a epilogue but no. it comes back a few weeks later whatever yeah. they're engaged of course yes. and i just love this last little bit where um uh anthony's so excited to see him again and he's like come he and see adores how i mended this boat you gave me blah yeah. blah blah and he's like quit pulling on me vile brat can't you see i'm occupied because he's trying to kiss his mom he says yeah. you can kiss mom at any time though why you'd want to is beyond me <laughs> And he's like, is it indeed? If you don't desist, I will return her hand to Sir Peter. And Anthony's like, that knock in the cradle? No. <laughs> Which I get the impression Trev taught him the expression exactly, knock right? in the cradle. <laughs> Repulsive whelp. You can just imagine his vocabulary yes. is going to explode. Oh, it's so cute. Very cute banter. Snarky sisters say. All right. So let's do rereadability then. Um, give it a rating. What do you think? Dude, on this, this one's one? really good. I really enjoy it. I would probably say it's pretty close to a five of five, maybe a four point five for just some of the annoyances of like, really, Rebecca? Come yeah. on. Stop <laughs> being Rebecca. stupid. But I like Trev. I like all these side characters. Even Sir Peter, although he's kind of like a douche or something, like I still He's not a villain. He's not terrible. Yeah. No, he's not like I'm the he's villain. Just like, why? Why yeah. this guy? You they know? were technically two viable options. They were for her. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I agree. I mean, I this obviously isn't my first time reading it, so definitely rereadable. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. Four out of five, for sure. It's not my favorite Patricia Varian. So if I'm doing it out of the Patricia <laughs> Varian scale, um, it's more a three out of five. Like, it's average for her, for me. But anyway, yeah, I'd say four out of five, four and a half out of five. It's it's definitely one to read if you haven't read it, because it's a good, it's a good it's historical a, it's romance. It's a fun little light-hearted romp that has, I think, a good dose of adventure 
and danger, but not one that's exhausting. Yes. It's a good to get your feet wet with Patricia Varian, particularly. This is one I recommend to start with because it's very lighthearted with some tense adventure because she always has to have some yeah. kind of drama yeah. and adventure. But it's some not of her a like books deep are and more serious conspiracy. Mired in adventure yes. and stuff. And that can be kind of yeah. exhausting. Sometimes. It can be. So. If this were to be made oh, into a movie, my gosh. Okay, who right would now. be Trev? Okay. Who would be a good Trev that is that sardonic? He would he can't be, be too harder. goofy. He's got to be. Rebecca, I see as like, um, what's her name? The blonde? Like Reese Witherspoon. I don't know. Like someone who's like, like a flighty Bell? and fluffy. Maybe, but Kristen Bell might be too sarcastic. She comes off as too smart to I, be Rebecca. I was, I, yeah, I was thinking, you know why I thought Reese Witherspoon? Because I thought Legally Blonde. She could play a little kind bit of Kind of smart, goofy. but like a little bit of an yeah. airhead at the same time. Or like, she's not an airhead, but like super focused you know on her own You know who I would wants? kind of totally buy in this too? It's Mindy yeah. Kaling. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Ooh, gosh. I like that. spunky, perky, but also yes. just like romantic yes. and caught up That's in it. perfect. I yeah, love it. That would be hilarious. I love it. Oh, who would Trev be, would be hard. Peter? Someone boring. A Chris Hemsworth. Attractive, but kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's I thought of Chris Pratt. That's so funny. Oh, either one. It's For like that same thought. Of you like, know. Okay. The Trev character would be hard, though. What about like um oh, that guy, the Scottish actor that played like Doctor Who, <gasps> David Tennant? Yeah, yeah. What about him? Because I could see be him being fun. like he's attractive, but not like drop dead gorgeous, right? And he has that snarky sort but, of look yeah. that he can do. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. You could see him be very like deeply romantic, but also kind of like tongue right? in cheek. I'm playing with you. Right. I could see see someone like Tom Hiddleston too that played Loki. Yeah, I could see him being a good. <gasps> no, that's even better. Right? Yeah, because be the sardonic. Oh, yeah. he would do that so the well. The silence of being able to watch and be like, I know exactly yeah. what's going on oh, in your that, brain. That's perfect. Okay. That's perfect. I like that. Right. Okay. Who would you cast as the Monaghan, though? Maybe someone like she did, like, like the girl that did, like, the Queen's Gambit. I haven't seen it, but she seems like she'd be kind of like, I don't know, like, maybe like a Scarlett Johansson. or a, Maybe someone in that vein, yeah. Someone who's, like, sultry. Again, smart, but with that, like, sultry, sexy yeah. sort of a thing. Or, yeah, because I could see her being, like, in like Olivia Munn, we're not our, Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not arch nemesis. Here. No. We're, we're not I even on the plan. same plane. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly Until the Until she curtsies to her and says, oh, we are on the same plane. But, I but she it. has to acknowledge, okay, yeah. I'm willing to accept you. Yeah. Otherwise, she's like, girl, peasant. You're right. Olivia you Munn. Know I, mean? I like she Olivia Munn for that. I could see that. Yeah. To have I like that, that we have a diverse cast. beauty, but yeah. also just kind of slightly aloof in a way until she's willing to let you in. Yeah. So that'd be fun. What if for Sir Peter, it's the actor who played Chidi? On oh my gosh. For Sir Peter. Because don't you see him being like yes. ethical ethical dilemma and like, right. like oh, I got to save everyone, not this one person. And, and you see some of that element in his dithering kind, that he does as yes, Chidi where he kind. just gets stuck in it yes. and he's not sure how to be brave. Maybe because of that character. That it's like Chidi funny. needs to be in this movie. Right? That would be funny. Yeah. All right. I think we well, have a really okay. good. Okay, well. Netflix. We picked the cast for you. Now <laughs> you just need to make it. Yeah. We can happen. be reached at snarky sisters podcast at, at gmail.com. Gmail. <laughs> and that's where you can send our royalty check. Right. And on that note, <laughs> thanks bye. for listening. Bye. 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 No, seriously, bye. <laughs> Next time on Questionable History, we'll be reading the book The Prize by Julie Garwood. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. Our email is snarky sisters podcast at gmail.com. 